the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz and today I'm joined by Laura Baxter from Social Personnel, um, who is, I'm really excited about actually because she's going to be very much involved in the Women in Recruitment Week for this podcast, which I'm really excited about. So thank you for joining me. Um, so Laura, I know obviously we've spoken a bit before you came on and, and come down to the, the studio, but where I always like to start is sort of take it back to how it all started for you and how recruitment entered your life because I know you had a bit of time out of recruitment as well didn't you so I did how how did you um how did you end up in recruitment so I think like most people I just fell into it I left education thought oh well I actually deferred my university place for a year and thought no I just want to go and get a bit of life experience a bit of work what does life experience mean what did that mean I was just bored of studying (laughs) I wanted to go out I wanted to earn my own money and just meet new people and just get a feel for it and see what it was actually going to be like okay Um, because I was pursuing a degree in theatre studies so oh, okay. um, that was the path I wanted to take so I thought well let's just go and see what else there yeah, is to yeah, offer because yeah, yeah, obviously sure. not necessarily a stable career or something that's easy to get into yeah, um, so I went out again went on the usual like read monster yeah, yeah, yeah. all those sort of things as it was back then um, and it was just all of these recruitment jobs and when you start seeing really? things of OTE oh, 40 50 grand like when you're an 18 year old the fresh eyes, out of college eyes. You're just like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, I'll apply for that, I'll apply for that, I'll apply for that. And luckily, it is an industry where you don't need any experience. Mm -hmm. People are happy to take you based on your personality and how you deal with people. Um, So I got a job in compliance, accepted the job without even knowing what the word compliance meant. Just managed to black the interview (laughs) (laughs) and joined as a compliance officer and then obviously learnt what it was. Um, And within a month, I was told, you're far too salesy to be on compliance. We need to get you, um, we need to get you as a resource or as a consultant or something so I started doing that um I liked it but I did quickly learn that sales wasn't for me um but they thought you were sales yeah I think okay I think in recruitment you have sales people and people people and I'm a people person I like relationships talking to people and I love the the buzz of getting somebody a job especially if it's something they really want but this was big contract recruitment it was temps for nurses so you're literally putting people in for shifts one day that's it there's there's no real relationship there is that quite transactional yes very much so it's just you've got the contract there yeah just literally the person from the bank in the hospital would phone the agency and say i need people on this shift this shift this shift and you bring them in so there wasn't really that getting someone their dream job really helping somebody it just it wasn't for me so um I was then actually going to join the police. I was accepted what? into the Met. So you went from wanting to go to school, yeah. recruiter, wanting to go into the police. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was just, it was it was something, I think I'd probably always liked the idea of it, probably watched way too many like detective shows and thought that was going to be me, yeah, being yeah, undercover. Yeah. That's probably it. It was probably the drama yeah, thing, yeah. the being undercover, being a character. Um, but I was successful. I got into the Met Police, but it was the year that they did a massive intake ready for the Olympics and basically they ballsed up the budget and they couldn't get everybody into training time so at that point um, it comes to the end of the year my application was up I was offered um, a position as a special which is the voluntary police and I was like do you get paid for that? no it's completely you've got to give up you've got to go through all the training give up all your time with the hope hope to obviously then get into exactly so I was like do you know what I'm not at a place in my life right now where that's an option for me so um, I'll just get another recruitment job which okay. is what I did. And nice. I did really enjoy account managing this time. So it was, so it was more just the client side? Yeah. So okay. I was on site um, at an industrial site with like 400 attempts a day, something like that. It was, it was yeah, really yeah, busy. Yeah. Loved that. And then um, I was hoping to buy my first house. So I was like, 
I need the money. I've got to get back on the commission. Yeah. Um, I need to get back into a consultant's job. Oh. So I transferred within the di- within the company just to a different division. I went to the social care division of that. Um, three months in, actually quit. And I'm, oh. that's not like me at all. I've never left yeah. a job without having a backup plan. I've always been yeah. very sensible. Oh, so you left without a job to go to? Yeah, just left. I us. did that. I just what I learned in recruitment, whenever you get a candidate to say it, you go... Oh, yeah. why did you do that? Yeah, but I just, I hated it so much and so many other things were going on much. in my personal life. I was like, life is too short. Yeah, I'm not, sure. I'm not in for this. That's to be fair, like, for me, because I actually did it, I was like, for me, I lived at home. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I saved up some money and I actually, so I went from like working in an insurance break and I was like, right, so I'm going to give myself a deadline to this because I know I'm, I can do better than this sort of thing. And then, um, yeah, I left without a job to go to, but I knew I was going to get something. Or, yeah. And I was I was fine at home. Like, I had yeah. nothing to worry about. So I think when you're in that situation, like, you don't think of what other people are going to perceive it or whatever. Yeah. I get that. But and then obviously when I got into recruitment, obviously it is a bit of a red flag, isn't it? Yeah. You, have to, you do have to peel back the onion on that because sometimes mm-hmm. there is... Uh, from experience a very interesting story which yeah. you need to find out yeah um but as you said i think for me i couldn't agree with you more life is too short if yeah. you fucking hate your job yes like if that is the only option you have yeah it's still an option yes do you know what i mean yeah completely agree and i think you've got to spend what like 70 80 percent of your w- week at exactly. work so yeah, you've got to yeah. enjoy what you do oh, 100%. um and i still left on really good terms like they understood the yeah. role just was not for me i'm not a biller that i'm yeah. not that driven yeah did I, wanted to home? Post- I did yes yeah but that was later <laughs> on that was a little bit later okay, on down okay, the line cool. but I, I still got it love that um so did so from there did you then go back into recruitment no, that's when I was like, that's me. it. I was okay, like, I okay, never, okay. I was, I had a, an awful regional manager who just put me off it for life. Okay. I was just like, I'm never going back into recruitment. Yeah. So I went back to the agency. I just left on the high street before I went into the social care division. Yeah. They placed me in my local magistrate's court working for the uh, court system. So sort of still in that sort of world which you was curious about and wanted to get into. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I was like, this sense. is such an interesting job. It was amazing. I yeah. absolutely loved it. Um, but I was only ever temp and mm. there was just never an opportunity I've never done it. Um, So, like, literally, is it how? So, because I know I only did perm. So, is it like, um, if I'm a candidate, it's like, what jobs? And you're a recruit. What jobs have you got on at the moment? Like, and and it's like, right, okay. So, I've got this. This is two weeks or a month. Definitely, yeah, exactly that. So, it can be really varied. I went to the court on a three month basis. Okay. And was there for two years. Oh, wow. I just okay. kept so getting, happen. yeah. So I just kept getting rebooked, rebooked, rebooked. Um, and then it got to a point where I was like, I just need the stability. Yeah. And um, yeah, because that, that's the thing, isn't it? Obviously, it offers the flexibility, but it doesn't offer the stability, does it? Exactly. And there was an opportunity to apply for the fixed term contract there, right? It wasn't perm, but at least I would have been a court employee yeah. rather than a Brook Street employee. Sure, sure, sure. And um, I didn't even get an interview. Oh, I'd what? been doing the job almost two years and me and the other temp we didn't even get an interview so at that point I was like no this is this is not not on I don't feel that's fair Um, and just really out of the blue somebody from a high street agency who I'd been into two years previous before I got the court job phoned me and said I've got a job for you it's in recruitment I was like no I'm not interested Uh, and she was like no 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 it's not a consultant's job it's not a sales job I think I think you'll like it please just come and talk to me Um, and I did and I ended up 
um, taking the job and I was an account manager for a London borough based on site, managing as the master vend the recruitment within the council. Oh. So we had a list of 40 odd agencies who were on our supply chain yeah. and I managed and coordinated all of that as well as having to fill bookings myself. So oh, okay. obviously you, you'll see on my LinkedIn, it was through a deco, which obviously yeah. a high street agency, admin industrial, they wanted me to break into bookings that they've never filled before so ah. you know that started with you know maybe somebody in HR somebody in housing and by the time I left I was placing sort of executives on 500 pound a day beating the Gatonbys and the Sandersons oh, wow, uh, all of those sort of people so, um, so did you enjoy that I loved it yeah, yeah well, so really, what did really you love, love about it. that that wasn't recruitment if you go I mean was it the, is it the comes back to the people part definitely yeah because working so in the they, council they, so they value they value who you are yeah it's all about the relationships and building yeah. the network and exactly because you got to go to every single manager across the council you so if you think every job that falls within a, a local authority the walks of life of people you're meeting you know one minute you can be with the chief exec you know all prosh and proper and the next thing you're you're down the yard talking about yeah i need some more bin men some street sweepers all of that (laughs) sort of thing so it was so varied and a real eye-opener actually because everyone's so quick to slag council off local authorities but you know they're up against budget cuts and to meet the people actually behind it and the job they're doing here they're also passionate about what they do as well which was lovely so yeah i thoroughly loved it so how did you end up where you are now so I went off and had a baby while I was working for a deco, nice. came back two days a week and it it was just apparent over time I couldn't have done the job that I did before Without on two time. days a week. Yeah, yeah. So I naturally fell into the admin position. The other go- uh, girls on the team would yeah. obviously, I'd relieve all of their admin duties so they could go and make money and yeah. make the placements. Um but I was fine with that. I was like, do you know what? My time out of the office is more precious. Like, sure. my family comes first. It's not a problem. And then out of the blue, one of the suppliers off of this supply chain phoned me up. Yeah. And he said, um, I've got a role that's got your name written all over it. And it's not full time. It's not Monday to Friday. It's not behind a desk. It's kind of as and when it suits you. And I was wow. like, wow, you've got my that attention. That's like a fucking dream job. Yeah, that does not happen. <laughs> like, part-time jobs are yeah. just so hard to come by. But Unless think, you want to work on a But this is checkout. someone you had a relationship with. Yes. So look, I think that that's, I think for me, we'll, we can peel back the onion on that. But I think that's just the amazing part about recruitment, mm. right? You don't like the relationships you build yeah. could serve you at any point in your life. That that's what Definitely. is really amazing. If if you genuinely do care about the relationships you build, mm-hmm. if you think about it, if you wasn't the person that you was that opportunity would maybe never come across your desk. The fact oh, that he knew that you really like it yeah. knows that you're someone that really um yeah, invested in the relationship, right? Yeah. Which is really cool. Absolutely. And I, I said to him, yeah, everything sounds a bit too good to be true. So work out all the details. Then we'll have a proper catch up, yeah. discuss it, see if it's going to fit both of us. Met him. He pitched the role to me, which I just loved the idea of because I think it is really innovative in our industry. It doesn't exist. Nobody else yeah. does what I do. So let's so, uncover that. Well, let's, so let's I was the, the initial reason for my role was to be to set up an aftercare team. So everybody knows when you're a consultant you place somebody you move on to the next placement yeah you if you've got a real successful desk you've got too many people that you're not going to be doing your checking calls you're not going to be mm. maintaining relationships yeah. it just naturally will slip because you're on to the next placement you've got targets sure. to meet at the end For of the sure. day so he kind of realized that within his business they were smashing out placement after placement doing so well but then as that contract came to an end, people were leaving. We weren't placing them into the next booking. Uh, and he was like, I need people to stay with me. I need to improve my retention rate. I yeah, want people yeah, to come yeah, back yeah. to me contract after contract. So the idea for me was purely 
to chat shit to social workers. <laughs> that was really <laughs> it, and that is yeah. it. That's Good how I. Yeah, that's that's how I sell myself when so I do what, the work. So course. all you do right now is speak to people that you, the business you work for was placed. Yes. And yeah. so just, just just to clarify as well, it makes so much sense. Like, yeah. what a fucking great idea. Um, so and that's just in the, the temp the contract space. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. Um, yeah, because I when I only recruited in perm and we had an aftercare process. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that. I, I, to be fair, I was quite good at it because I was quite organised, but you could quite easily forget. And yeah. obviously, you forget how important that part is because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think thinking that you made me think about how many rebates I've got now, and I'm pretty yeah. sure, like, I, I'm pretty sure, like, I only got one or two. Yeah. And I think a real important part of that was one, obviously, it all starts from the beginning, like, really listening to what they want. But also a big part of that was I, I, I was someone that always made time to, to call someone after yeah. they placed them. And I think that I think that comes down to like the people part again. Yeah. Like do you actually care like if you actually yeah. make an impact on someone's life? Yeah. Because that's what you're doing as a recruiter. Like mm-hmm. you're you're changing someone's complete environment. And as you said, you're changing someone's environment which they're in eighty percent of the time. Yeah. Don't fucking take that shit lightly. Do yes, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So um I love that idea. It makes so much sense. Um but just what I wanted to ask was so it, is it not aftercare for like people who work for your business do you do anything like internally or is it just all for candidates no it's all for candidates okay, so okay. yeah my role has evolved since then been doing it 18 months now yeah. um, and it's kind of gone from just being you know someone to talk to someone to go to someone to get their questions answered quickly have a rant to at the yeah, end of a yeah, bad yeah, week yeah. whatever it is that now I'm the customer experience manager so I do anything and everything that will enhance their experience so nice. that's from setting up a welcome pack that they all get when they yeah. first join I now publish and send out to everybody a monthly newsletter Amazing. I set up the social media accounts yeah. we did a whole brand new website so it's just about keeping our candidates engaged yeah. and making them feel like they are part of the permanent social work team, uh, mm. social personnel team. Then you know, yeah. so when an, an agency up the road rings them and says, oh, "I've got a job for an extra fifty p an hour down the road," yeah. they come to us and say, "Actually, I don't want to leave Laura. I don't want to leave Tommy. I don't want to leave my yeah. consultant. I don't want to leave all the Spot perks on. I get." Um, can you guys get me that job and nine times out of ten we can Mm. so you know they end up working for us longer I mean just on Friday we had our first ever big candidate client event huge boat party on the Thames we had 250 people turn up and we awarded our longest serving locum um, lovely lady Carol she's been with us for four years like that is unheard of in the social care temp industry really does not happen. They'll do a contract for you and then another agency, another agency. So why do you, do you just speak hop- about why that is then? I'm sure you I spoke to all like, not the exact particulars, but is, do, you, is, do you think a big part of that's you and also It's just the, the service. Approach? She just loves everything yeah. that we do. She's got a great consultant. We've looked after her from day one. Yeah. And yeah, we do offer a lot more than just banging you in a placement you know yeah. there is like i say a lot of engagement with them all the time Love outside that. of work as well i think that's class i think that's that's such the right mindset i think mm. and, and as you said would not be surprised if 18 months down the line there'll be more people that are doing what you're doing because yeah. it just makes so much sense yeah. right? actually putting the candidate first i know everyone talks about the candidate experience and all that now but i guess i didn't operate in the contract stroke temp world and i think yeah i think that 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 makes sense right make them feel yeah. like they're actually part of a community part of people yeah, that they don't want to let down part of a network they're not just people who are just a tick box exercise of yeah they can do that shift they mm-hmm. can't do that shift right mm-hmm. and i think that what, what you said there that really stood out for me was you're, you're actually thinking about the different touch points of the candidate journey mm-hmm. like if you're not thinking about that like 
you should be. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like from the internet, someone landing on your website, from someone applying yeah. for one of your jobs, for someone coming in to meet you, you need to think about that stuff because if you really and it, sometimes it can be really small things, can't it? Yeah, definitely. And like a welcome pack or an email or whatever. Mm -hmm. But when you really think about that and get that process ironed out, one hundred percent, I can see the return being a huge. Yeah. Um, one thing then that's just come to mind then, what what advice can you give? I know, you, so so have you always done like contract permanent? You haven't done like, no, contract temp. Contract temp, yeah, okay. yeah, I've never worked permanent. Okay, cool, that's cool. So let, we can keep it specific to that then. So someone who may be um, a recruiter who operates in that world, mm -hmm. um, who knows that they need to get better at that, the better at that aftercare stuff, like mm -hmm. what what's your process or what, what advice can you give to those people who can start trying to actually implement some sort of aftercare process if they don't currently have one? I think it is just that relationship building chances okay. are if you've got a good consultant in the build up to that placement because even though obviously temp is a lot quicker turnaround than yeah. perm it's still the same process you still got to get to know that person yeah. you've got to get them to interview get them in with the manager so in the in the lead up to that offer you're still talking to them a couple of times a day for a couple of weeks yeah. potentially so why then suddenly when they start work for you would you just break all that contact? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like having your best friend cut you out of their life. Yeah, you, sure. you just got to keep that. So the first thing is like fucking value what the aftercare process. Yeah, absolutely. Because mm. you're only as good as your last profit sheet and you might yes, make 10 placements, but if you've lost six, yeah, what's the yeah, point? Yeah, you know, work smart, not so, hard. So what, so, what, what, so, what, so what process do you have then? So do you call them the first day? Like end of first week or how yeah it? so normally it's their first week that I'll call them so they'll get their welcome pack for me as soon as they start like when nice. their contract goes out it goes out yeah. in the welcome pack it's got a nice little letter from me with my face all over nice, it and stuff nice, nice. Like and, um, and my business card um, and then I will ring them in their first week just to see how's it all going because obviously the consultant still does their check in yeah, make sure they've yeah, started yeah. okay um, see how's it going make sure that they know the process to get paid on Friday make yeah. sure they're going to send everything properly and I kind of then rate them on a um, I've got my own traffic light system okay. so I've got my reds on my needies the people I think these are going to want weekly conversations yep. just to check in and see how yep. they are then I've got right at the bottom my greens who are the people who openly say to me Laura I'm a busy social worker by day I've got three kids at home of an evening unless there is a problem I will call okay, you nice. so, d so don't panic nice, nice. and then you've got the people in the middle who because we do unqualified as well we place a lot of admin into um public sector yep. again um they're what i tend to be and this is probably sounding a bit ageist they tend to be what i call generation text okay so they'll literally ignore my phone call coming in because it's a number they don't recognize <laughs> i'll always follow up with a text just saying it's laura from social personnel just wanted to introduce myself blah yeah, blah blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. they'll always oh hi laura i love to meet and i just think well, you're on your phone. <laughs> Why have you not picked it up and answered it? Oh, so I've, I've got people that literally have got a big team yeah. next to them that say, just drop them a text once once yeah. every three or four weeks, just saying, how's it all going? Everything well? Can I do anything mm. for you? So, yeah, and then I just week by week go through that great traffic system. system to just That's check in with great. the people who That's really, really need it. That's really clever. So I think, yeah, I think so people will start value the aftercare process, actually think about... Um, when you're going to as a consultant when you're going to get in touch with them once they've started all that sort of stuff yeah um, I think that's a really that's a really clever system um, how is this um, be interesting to know then do you manage like the referrals then so how how has that impacted these social workers going you're fucking great here's my mate who's a social worker Call yeah him. we get 
a lot of referrals and we get even more like I say more recently I think we've really turned our reputation around and like I say the consultants really got on board with me yeah. and what I do so they've really upped their game as well nice. um, so between them and us we do get a lot of referrals coming I'd say it's it makes up a, yeah it's a huge part of our business yeah. and our, on our boat party on Friday we actually did our raffle wasn't like a, a, a pay get a ticket it was a referral raffle so we asked oh. you to put somebody's name down so referred by whoever you are the person who you want to refer their number their email in a box win an ipad win virgin Class. experience vouchers Great all idea. of that sort of thing um and Great then idea. literally yesterday in the office we went through that box we dished them out to all the Cheers. consultants off you go guys ring around see who's Class. actually interested in, in joining us Great and they idea. all had like post-its themselves where they've been networking talking yeah, to everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah take my card i'll take your number so yeah the guys now are, are hugely busy Great get, idea. Getting everybody what, on board. that's so smart like i absolutely love that i think again you're, you're putting a candidate first. Like, yeah. there's a common theme there, right? You're thinking of the candidate experience, the candidate first, and some re- really clever guys there. Whoever's mm. listening to this, like, there's some, some real clever stuff there. Mm. Um, cool. So look, let's um, take it back a bit then. Let's talk about... what what So what's your view on... So you mentioned... This is maybe going back a bit, but it'd be interesting to get your thoughts. So similar to me, when I started to look to get into recruitment, saw all these crazy OTEs and got me very excited (laughs) all that sort of stuff oh naive (laughs) OT literally so like what what what's um how were your like sort of first 12 24 months like was it really difficult and sort of how did you adapt and what did you learn do you know what it was such a varied first 12 months because mm. like I, said, I started as compliance yeah. then I moved into resourcing and then I did quite well at resourcing so they put me on a special project that was working on um, phlebotomists and open up blood banks okay. so for people going to give blood and stuff and then all, all the while in the background I'm now kind of realising this isn't for me and putting yeah. my application in for the police which is just okay. such a long process anyway um, and that then I remember I did so successfully with this one blood bank where it was a brand new one. They opened one every sort of three months. Yeah. And I'd managed to fill every single book in, which was unheard of. They normally had to get a secondary agency to come in. And oh, I'd wow. filled every single book in. And I did not get a single bit of credit for oh. that. And that was the point where I was just like, do you know what? Sod you's. I'm yeah. going elsewhere. So, yeah, that's when I then transferred to another agency. Like I say, got into the account management side of things. Um, and I did really like that. And I, I, I probably should have stuck at that. But like I say, I had this goal of saving up a deposit for a house. Yeah, so I just yeah. thought, I've got so to go where the money yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Learn a lesson. Hard fail. Because then when I ended up temping, I was like on minimum wage. So, yeah. you know, you live and learn. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I think... Um, what I personally experienced from my when I joined an agency, so it was like eight people, as I was telling you earlier. But for me, um, I know you can't always have it in like these big corporates, and that. there's pros and cons of both. But for me personally, in recruitment, like if anyone was to speak to me about well, I want to get into recruitment, what would your advice be? Like for me personally, I'd always say that the opportunity and the upside um, of going into an agency that might not be your um, big corporates, etc. The boutique service-driven agencies, I think you you can get a lot more return from. But I haven't been, I haven't worked in a corporate agency, so yeah. I'm completely biased here. Yeah. But I'm going from other conversations and stuff like that. For me, it's what you just said, like not getting credit and not feeling valued. Yeah. Absolutely. Come back to it again. You're you're working eighty percent of your week. Yep. And if you don't feel valued. That is not fucking fair. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I think I have seen both sides of the coin. Yeah. You've only got to look at my LinkedIn profile to see the huge high street agencies that I've worked yeah. for. Um, and to come to Social Personnel, a very new one-man band yeah. company, was 
such a culture shock and change yeah. for me, but in the most positive way yeah. to kind of... What's been the biggest upside then in that? Like... Oh, the fact that... So, because Tommy kind of can make his own rules, it yeah. is still very much just his company. Obviously, the growth he's achieved is incredible, but he's still the one calling all the shots. So the flexibility. It's the flexibility and the... He just he definitely values his staff. That's okay. obvious, and he gets a lot back from his staff. But hard work is rewarded yeah. just for being hard work. Nice, you know. In the bigger companies I've worked, and it, it's not a criticism because they're that size that they That's have to have yeah, a clear course, path. Course. But you know, if you want to be promoted, you've got to have worked X amount of years. You've got to build yeah, X amount of money yeah. before you can even be considered. Whereas here, if you work hard and you're dedicated and you want it, mm. it's there for the taking. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I was never really that ambitious in my career because I always knew I wanted to have a family first. Yeah. And I kind of thought, well, that's all got to go and hold until they're at school and I can offer more hours yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. I work part time around two small children and I'd say I've got more of a career now than I ever have when Love I was that. working full time. Fucking hats it's off to you. That's it's incredible. And to have somebody have that kind of modern way of thinking and realise yeah. that actually you haven't got to be sat behind a desk attached yeah, to a phone yeah, nine yeah. to five. We've all got iPhones. You can do everything you need in recruitment mm. from an iPhone. You've okay, got access to that. everything. So Okay, let, let's... Um, okay, you made me think about something. If I don't wear this right and you, I need to explain it further, let me know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm just talking, so when I was recruited, I, I dealt with all different people, different ages, different genders. So I think, um, I think I, I can't remember if I've read it somewhere, but what you just said there, you didn't, you think you'd have to sway your family first yeah. and then career after all that. Mm-hmm. So how can someone, I guess, in the similar shoes as you, women in recruitment week, right? So someone who's got a young family or whatever and thinking their career has to go on hold, like how did you get to that place? I know you had someone call you and say, yeah. But, I don't know, is it from your experience, like, I don't know, how can you try and get in that position where, as you just said now, that's amazing, I can tell how happy you was when you said that, that you've got, this is the most time you've ever had a career and you yeah. think it'd be on the opposite end of the yeah, scale, right? Definitely. And I'm sure there's a lot of mums out there who yeah. think, do you know what I mean, they're in that boat, they're like, family first, I've, career's got to go on the back burner, but as you just said, in today's world, the flexibility is there and all that, so how, how can people try I don't know how can people try and get that I think? think it just I think it is very few and far between okay. like I, I wrote an article about being a mum in work okay. when I was back in a deco um, sorry a bit of self PR go to my LinkedIn read, right. read my articles yeah, yeah, yeah. because at a deco I wrote an article about um, you're either a career mum and you've sacrificed time with your family yeah. or you're a mum with a job and you've sacrificed your career to put your family first okay. and you, you can't have it the best of both worlds you, you're one or the other okay. a year later I was with social personnel and I rewrote the, the follow-up to that article okay. to say actually I have got the best of both worlds I really yeah. do feel like I've got a career because I make a difference to the business yeah. that I'm in um, I'm respected by my peers I'm making all these relationships feel very confident in and secure in my job yet I do it part-time around my children so I've not had to sacrifice time with them they're not in nursery five days a week yeah. I'm, I'm still there for them when they need me I do think it is very few and far between and I honestly hope that going forward is when we're going to see the shift because I do think it all comes down to this more modern way of thinking that Mm. you don't always have to be behind a desk to do your job. You can do it from home. If you've got a laptop, an iPhone and some Wi-Fi, Mm. you can do it anywhere. And for somebody doing the job role that I do where I'm talking to people who are at full-time work during the day... I take most of my calls in the evenings, <laughs> yeah. which suits me because, you know, seven o'clock, yeah, my kids are in bed. My husband is actually a policeman, so he's out on shift. So yeah. that's a long, lonely evening for me. Sure. I might as well open my laptop and do some work. Um, and I think all mums would feel the same if it meant they got to spend the day with their kid going out, doing whatever, mm. to log on and do a few hours in the evening. 
why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that's interesting. Let, let's build on that a bit then. So do you think, um, obviously, recruitment as a whole, it, obviously, perception is obviously some male-dominated industry, yeah. I'd say. So do you think a factor of that then, or why that is and all that, I'm sure that it's, it's a complex thing, but maybe part is part of that 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 transition that the woman has to go through in terms of wanting to um, build a family and all that yeah. sort of stuff and recruitment, although now it's changing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, traditionally, obviously this was before I was in the industry, but it, well, to be fair, even when I was in it, but it was very much half eight, half five. Yep. Might be a bit frowned upon if you do leave on time. Yep. And that isn't sustainable when you're when one that you have a family yeah. or do you know what I mean? Yeah. So may, do you think that was a huge factor where obviously a lot of women didn't see the future in it because how can they deliver or how can they do their job if they are they do have to be behind the desk or do you know what i mean yeah. do you think that's a oh absolutely yeah. i think most industries you still see a lot of men further up the ladder mm. because they've not had that time out to have a baby yeah. that will naturally obviously it's going to set you back For it's sure. like you're almost use, losing a year in the workplace, yeah. you know, with all your maternity leave and whatnot. Um, and it's not just within recruitment, it's across every industry. Yeah, you know, my, sure. my brother's a speech and language therapist for the NHS. He's already way higher than he should be because every contract he's taken has been maternity <laughs> cover for someone and then that it lady's not come back. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I just, I mean, I should imagine any working mums listening are probably already aware of an amazing woman called Anna who has started the Flex Appeal and she's kind okay. of um, very big on in, in, on Instagram and she's, you know, regularly going to governments to get change so that, you know, more companies do offerable flexible working because yeah. why does it have to be one or the other? Why yeah, do we have yeah. to say we either have a career or we have a family? Why yeah, can't yeah. we have both? Because, you know... My children are young at the minute, so they do need me a lot. But there's going to be a time where they're going to school and then mm. they're, you know, ringing me to say, actually, mum, I'm going around my mates for dinner and then I've got this club and I'm going to go and play football. And actually, we'll be like passing ships in the night. Yeah. I don't want to have had to then go back to the industry with a five-year gap in my CV that yeah. says, took time out to have That's a family. Thing, you know, what? and I think because I'm in recruitment and I've seen that on so many CVs and I've seen how clients perceive it, I was very cautious to not do that. I yeah, didn't want to take that, that big gap because yeah, yeah. I know it would be to my detriment. And then you mm. don't want to start all over again if mm. you've got to a certain point and then stopped. Makes sense. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? It's really tough. It's and I think you just issue. have to have a modern thinking employer to mm. realise. And what people don't realise is they think, oh, part-time, they're not as good as full-time. You probably get more out of me <laughs> as a part-timer than yeah. some full-time workers because because the opportunities are so few and far between. I will work bloody hard to make off. sure that I don't lose this job yeah. because nowhere else would offer me this sort of flexibility. Yeah. And you do, and because if you think, okay, it's a bit different now because I do a little bit every day. I have like two full designated days yeah. and then a little bit every other day, like every day of the week. Yeah. Whereas before, when I was at a deco doing two days, I did, I think I did a Tuesday and Wednesday, I can't remember. So I had to rush to get everything finished on that Wednesday afternoon because it was going to be another five days before I was back in again. So if you're planning to shut off for the rest of the week, you've got to make sure things done. Whereas full timers can, you know, get to half five and say, I'll leave that till tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean, for sure. I'm sure there's some stats out there and stuff, but like the, the amount of work or quality of work for someone on, um, mm. permanent to temp like it'd be interesting to see that one yeah I know it, there's so much context to that and all that but that'd be interesting um, what I wanted to ask you so because I, d- I don't think I've had loads of people who um, recruit in the contract space and all that but mm. obviously I'm sure now and throughout your time you've, you've been sort of surrounded by 
sort of or even yourself sort of really successful contract recruiters mm. and tent recruiters stuff like that so what what sort of common thread have you seen with with those people who who are absolutely killing it or i don't know what what do you think are the keys to being successful in in that in that part of recruitment i think it's definitely just dedication okay um you've you've got to be so committed like our top billers are on the phone all day you know so they, work ethic. yeah absolutely down to your work ethic mm. i think you've you've got to be so driven to do it because it isn't going to come to you yeah where i think a lot of contract recruitment um is tied up with contracts psls so you've got to get in you've got to keep going and going until you've made your mark with that client yeah so they come back to you so you know the jobs don't come to you you've got to go for them and build those relationships and keep those relationships yeah yeah so put in the work yeah absolutely <laughs> like anything, right? it, well, yeah well i think with any any role in recruitment well i should imagine across just yeah, work, yeah you know, work ethic comes first yeah yeah i like that cool so talk to me about um i always love to sort of un- uncover this with people so what um if we start with, with the sort of lowest point and start first and go up to the positive thing like what what is could be your sort of biggest failure or sort of what what has been sort of your lowest point in your recruitment career um so i think it's when i was at the social care division of this big high street agency and i was so desperate because you didn't earn commission for your first three months and i was that was just how it worked you didn't earn anything off your billings for the first three months yeah before you got into it i know i know and there was this not even like a restricted commission scheme or something nothing nothing off of it yeah oh god that must what yeah so that was tough in itself yeah but um, there was this particular client, everybody in the office had tried to crack her. She was kind of known as this real sour-faced woman who yeah, ran a okay. care home. Um, but that care home happened to be like a five-minute walk from my house where I was living at the time. So I was like, right, I'll get her on the local connection. I'll be chatting to her. Finally broke her down, got a visit. Yep, here you go. Here's a load of shifts. Go and fill them for me. I was like, yes. Love oh, it. my God, I've done it. Sort of gave it all to my branch manager. He's setting it all up with accounts. And then 10 minutes later, accounts phone back and said, yeah, you can't work with this client. We worked with him like six years ago and they never paid their bills so they're on our do not use list oh. it's like you are joking so I'd spent oh. all this time and she'd given me so much work like it was worth a lot of money yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and because the care home had moved it hadn't come up on our internal system for me to see it was only accounts when they did oh. digging around her name they were like no this client has never paid any of our bills we're not working with them that is literally <laughs> the recruitment rollercoaster yeah it was <laughs> I was like so I was like oh my You're god so I've cracked her yeah. I've cracked her um, how did you deal with that then oh well that was that was it for me that was I was just <laughs> like no I was like yeah, do you know what? I'm done. <laughs> it was, it was honestly. I went in Christmas Eve with my notice, and I was just like, yeah, yeah I'm not, I'm not coming back. And yeah, then I started yeah. at the court like the third of January, so it was fine. I was unemployed <laughs> for like one week over Christmas. Yeah, um, yeah. But that was absolutely devastating. Oh yeah, I can imagine that, especially like when it's one of those clients that yeah everyone has had a crack on as yes. well. Like, oh, I was I, so there, to be fair, that yeah, like there is nothing better when you have a client like I've had it where. Um, I had a client who literally would not take my calls and all that, and then like yeah. six months later, I'm, I'm filling their jobs. Yeah, like yeah. there is nothing yes. better, yeah, and definitely. they're they're the they're the ones that you just love yeah. getting right. It's it's nice when obviously you call up a client and build a relationship fairly easily, you get jobs and stuff. But that that rocky start to then yeah. become successful is fun. Yeah. What about um your your high then? Where talking about some of the most really fun times or so big successes? I think. 
I, I literally up until last week it would have been launching the social personnel website because that I was the one brave enough to go to Tommy and say our website is bloody awful <laughs> we need to sort it out okay. and he was like yeah go ahead do it so nice. he put me in touch with a designer it was my first like project management role cool. had a huge amount of input with our wonderful designer Lauren so it really felt like mine well, yeah. it was mine from inception we sat down you know drew everything out it, and, and then to actually see it up and see Google Analytics absolutely go off the charts compared to nice. you know the people we were attracting before was amazing, but I'm still on a high from Friday from our boat party because oh, really? again that was that was my job. He just came to me Wicked. said we're going to do a candidate event. I want to do it on a boat. I want a magician. That was it. That was all he told <laughs> that was me. It, the so everything Love else that. kind of I coordinated and organised. I did all of the PR around it. Sent all the invites. And I remember him saying to me back at the very beginning, he was like, "If we get 130 people, I would be over the moon. Like you don't get that sort of turnout." for these things so we had including our social personnel staff 250 people and in I do think there would have been more because we did have more on the guest list but it was obviously pissing it down at 5 o'clock on Friday in London so I think people left work looked and thought no sort that I'm going home I think if the weather had been good day we would have had more 300 okay so that's not bad so it still wasn't bad yeah yeah. so it wasn't bad and I'd gone on the boat early to get it all decorated and stuff did you organise it all yeah everything so I literally like made tissue pom-poms and got a big Instagram frame prop everything like all those little details I just live for and I'd gone on it early to decorate and it was further away from the pier. Obviously, they were not at the pier the whole time. And I was ringing my colleague. He was like, how, how are numbers looking? He was like, I think about half the name badges are gone. I think we're going to be all right. And then as the boat pulled back in, I was on top deck and I just saw all of Swarm these of people. people at the pier all for oh, our boat. And I was just buzzing. like, yes, we've done it. We've done it. <laughs> so it was oh, just brilliant. Amazing. And the Great whole night off just went without a hitch. And, you know, like I say, we, we awarded people and it was just such an, an incredible vibe the whole oh, night. I can imagine. It's, yeah, it was that, that is like, what, what, yeah, I know I've already said it, but like what, that is your creating the communities, networks, yeah. like fucking honestly, that hats off you on that. Big, great achievement. Yeah. Um, so before we wrap up, what um I know you've sort of mentioned a few things, but so you, what's going on in your world then? Like, so you got this website launched. Yeah. What what's going on in social personnel? So I think you said off camera like you're moving offices. Like what what's going on in your world that you're excited about? So it's just the continual growth. <laughs> it really is so amazing to see. And because I generally only do one day a week in the office, and to be honest, that's for my sanity. I like to get out of my four walls and yeah. go into the office and stay part of the team. There's always a new face. You know, probably nice. once a month that's there's nice. there's a new hire. There's somebody else there. Yeah. Um, and it, it is just so exciting to watch from where we've come to where we are now. Mm. We just hit just over 400 workers. I think we've doubled our profit since I started 18 months ago. It's just, it is incredible. And like I say, it's just a constant buzz because you really feel like you're part of something huge before it's got totally massive. And um, I just just can't wait to see where it goes. I can tell you're really enjoying the job. It's Mm. great to see, love it. Um, Cool, so look, I ask this question to everyone who comes on the show. Um, so basically, if you could communicate to every single recruiter out there, they'd listen, they'd take your advice, they'd implement it in their day tomorrow. Um, it could be a sentence, can be a word. What would you say? I think be yourself. Nice. Don't try and fit into a box of where you think you should be. Because I think I tried to do that being mm. a consultant and I was recognized by my new employer for the skills that I did have. Mm. Um, and since starting there it's kind of gone from just being a people person to oh yeah you're quite creative why don't you give the whole marketing thing a bash and my roles evolved and I've been given so many opportunities just because I stayed true to who I was and the skills that that I've got 
Stay true to yourself. Yeah, stay true to yourself. Great yeah. mantra. I love that. Laura, it's been an absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed thank this. You. Thank, thank you for, for coming me. in. And um, yeah, thank you for being part of the Women Recruitment Week. Love thank it. You. Thank you.